Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Hand it off to the up man. That's the fullback, Esteban, who dives for the end zone. Some efficient passing and a power running game to cap off an 87-yard drive. And the Irish reclaim the lead. Blake Fisher on that right side did a good push. And I love how they moved the tailback, Estime, up close at fullback. Big thank you to ESPN for that clip right there. The Notre Dame touchdown that gave them the lead, 10-7. But unfortunately, the only time they got in the end zone. <laughs> but you know what? Everyone was excited when that happened, including the guy that I'm about to bring on the show right now. He's joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. My good friend, Nick Shukowski. What's up, Nick? How you doing, man? Gabe, thanks for the invite, man. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How the hell did you get away from your life during Labor Day? I appreciate it, though. I was, I was shocked when I saw your name. I was like, this guy got, got a life like me. I was like, how, how did he find some time right now? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes you know how it goes. You have the almost three-year-old you put down for a nap, and whether it's a nap or whether it's up in the crib screaming, either way, you just kind of go with it, and that's uh, that's what we're doing. We're going with it. You got it, your so. fingers in your ears, and you're like, la, 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 la. Right, yeah. You, you stay it. quiet upstairs. We'll put a pacifier in your mouth downstairs, and we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed and make sure everything stays quiet. Then the dog will probably start barking at the Amazon truck. So Literally what, what my wife do? tells me. Literally what my wife tells me, put a pacifier in your mouth, Gabe, and shut up. So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Nick. Sounds familiar. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about Notre Dame first. Um, okay. I, you know, I had a chance to talk to Malik Zaire, former uh, Notre Dame uh, quarterback, about the game, and he was like, I'm a homer. Like, I know I'm a homer. But he was matching my homerness. He was telling us, like, the line's too big. Notre Dame's defense is going to be great. Like, don't buy into the hype of whatever's happening at OSU. What was your takeaway? I mean, were you sad or, or disappointed at the end? Or did you, did you feel good after that game despite losing? Well, I mean, I think you feel good about some things. Like, the defense was the whole offseason has talked about this is an elite defense. It's as good as you're maybe not quite like an Alabama or Georgia good, but probably that next tier level of good. You're not going to see a better offense than that than all season long. I know the USC is going to have things ticking uh, with Lincoln Riley, and that's going to be a really 
that'll be an interesting one at the end of the year. But Ohio State's offense is going to be as good as there is in the country all year. And I think that you saw that with C.J. Stroud. Okay, they're down a receiver there in the game, but they're as deep as any team at, at running back, at receiver. Their offensive line, obviously, pretty stinking good as well. But I, I think you can't help but be excited about it. Now there are growing pains with the offensive line and concerns there. But what you were told and what you thought going into this year, defense is going to be elite, and they played an elite game. I'll be stunned if Ohio State doesn't put up 30 points every game they play in the Big Ten this year, 30-plus points, and you held them to 21 in their house. Like That is a ton to be said for that. However, the offense and the offensive line specifically, where you thought that was going to be a strength of being able to kind of be the team that instead of Ohio State doing it to you in the late third and into the fourth (laughs) quarter where they're pounding and picking up six yards of carry and killing clock that way, you thought that was going to be you. That just wasn't the case. So there's a lot of room to grow the other side. And that's exactly what I was thinking, you know, as you mentioned the defense for Notre Dame. And I thought to myself, you know, Ohio State was putting up over 40 points a game last year. And I was like, is it Notre Dame's defense or is it, you know, OSU's offense regressing? And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because then that puts it into perspective, you know, about this Notre Dame defense. But when you were talking about the offensive line, you were talking about Notre Dame's offense, obviously couldn't put up any points in the second half. What's your take on Tyler Buckner? Like, are you confident in him moving forward, or do you, or do you think he needs to be more of just that game manager type guy? Well, that's the hard part of it. He he was a highly touted recruit. So what's forgotten about is that there was at one point he was a five star recruit by twenty four seven Sports, and he kind of had the worst luck that you could possibly have as one of these top prospect recruits. Sophomore year, has a knee injury, misses the majority of his sophomore year. Junior year, lights the world on fire as a starting quarterback. Senior year is the COVID year, and because he enrolled early, he didn't have a senior season in high school football. Last year, he gets some decent playing time, and I think people kind of see that and think, all right, well, he played in mop-up duty and, and whatnot. And sure, that was the case towards the end of the year, but the majority of the time he was on the field, he was on the field just to kind of go run. Mm. And it had to have been near 75% of the plays last season that he was on the field for were run plays. They designed runs, and it just wasn't him running necessarily the offense. So I think that it's you give him one start, you go into Ohio Stadium in front of 95,000 or 100,000 or whatever the heck was there the other night. And, I mean, into his defense or to his credit, like he goes and completes his first eight passes. It's what happened after that. It's the – I, the game didn't slow down for him by any means. And I don't think he did it, got any favors from pass protection, not necessarily being great, a non-existent run game, and receivers that just weren't winning in one-on-one situations. But I, I don't think there's any reason to look at that and say that, oh, my God, are you, how are you going to just survive with Tyler Buckner? That's about as crazy of a scenario as you could throw him into for a first start. And Although I don't think he's passing with like uh, like straight A's in that game, I think you still feel good about that as a building block for the rest of the year and the rest of really his time in Notre Dame. Talking to Nick Shepkowski, of course, covering Notre Dame and all the college football for the USA Today. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 Score. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Um, what was your take on Marcus Freeman's first game this season as a head coach? Obviously, you know, Malik Zaire, as I mentioned before, I had a chance to talk to him, and he looked at – he kept on – pushing that game that he coached in the bowl game that he coached last year. He's like, no, 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 that was Kelly's team. That wasn't Freeman's game. So that, that, that didn't count for him as a game he coached. <laughs> so so what, did, what did you think of and how he did for that first game? Well, I mean, defensively, and that's where his mind is. He's a defensive guy, a former linebacker at Ohio State. always been a defensive coordinator, a linebacker's coach coming up through the ranks. You have to like, we just had here a praise the defense. You have to like what he did. You have to like that 
I, the, the one thing that I think that they would take back if they could is that they have Ohio State facing the third and 11 there in the final seconds of the third quarter, and they've kept everything in front of themselves all night. I mean, you've heard, you've heard about it all offseason, all the time going into this game. Don't let Ohio State's receivers get behind you. Don't let your Ohio State's receivers get behind you. And they take a risky, super risky blitz where they bring both safeties on that third and 11, and just the timing was off just enough, a half second off, C.J. Stroud's able to deliver an easy, easy pass for the touchdown. Ohio State goes up 14 to 10 then, and it really wasn't the same game from then. I mean, how much different does it play out if it's 10 to 10 instead? And sure, he doesn't call the defense. It's Al Golden, the former Miami head coach, former Temple head coach, former assistant with the Cincinnati Bengals last year. But I, I think all things that you look at, you feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, some people I know will complain of, okay, was it too conservative of a game plan? Did it offensively? How much state would he have in that? And I look at it as a more of a personnel thing of, okay, well, you have an offensive line that's getting beaten, beaten as badly as it was a lot of the night the other night. How are you supposed to call an offense? What are you supposed to do? So I think that limited things quite a bit. He didn't walk out with a win, didn't walk out with a win as a 17-and-a-half-point underdog, but I don't think you saw anything this past Saturday that, that makes you feel bad or, or discouraged about the era ahead with Marcus Freeman. Yeah, Nick, I mean, they were, they were getting beaten again. The offensive line was getting beaten by a top-tier D-line, and, and you saw that. I mean, it was it was tough, but I think you're right. It's more of a personnel thing than it was anything else. And then when you're talking about that play in particular, I'm a fan of the blitz on third and 11. Don't give, your, don't, don't give the opposing quarterback an opportunity to sit there and pick you apart. Make him, you know, put some pressure on him. It was just unfortunate. Like you said, the timing was off, and C.J. Stroud being the quarterback that he is, you know, had to make them pay. But uh, before we move on from Notre Dame, let me just ask you, like, how good are the Irish this year? I mean, that defense, you saw it. That's, that's an elite defense. That's a, that's a top 10 defense, defensive unit in the country this year. Now, how far is that going to take them? The offense is going to have to grow. The good news, I think, is that the, the schedule kind of builds itself out this year that you can kind of have those, okay, you have Ohio State. That's as tough a challenge as there's going to be. Here's Marshall and Cal should be two kind of pushovers. North Carolina brings a nice offense, but their defense can't stop a nosebleed. So that <laughs> should be that. a game that you're able to win. <laughs> like, and then the BYU game will be tough to kick off October. Then Clemson will be tough to kick off uh, kick off November. And then the very end of the year, USC. But it's like, all right, you have a huge matchup, and here's two or three games where you can kind of get right, fix some things, work on some things. Huge game. Another month to work on some things. They have to get right for another big game. So I think I mean, this is a team that, depending on the growth, I think it all starts up front with the offensive line and the young receivers, really. Um, you're going to have to have those guys win some one-on-one battles and be able to get open themselves uh, to help Tyler Buckner out. But I think this is a team that, at, at this point, if they don't end up winning 10 games and going to a, a New Year's Six Bowl, not necessarily a college football playoff, but a New Year's Six Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, whatever it might be, I think it's going to be significantly disappointing for, for Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame followers if that's if they do anything less than that. Nick, I agree with you. And they looked good coming out of the gate. I mean, they were hyped up. I mean, the intensity was there. The fans were there. I mean, but that team looked like a team that was trying to prove that they can compete with some of the best college football programs out there in the country. And you asked about Marcus Freeman earlier. Like, I think that reflects him because so many times in the big games under Kelly – You'd hear business trip. Oh, it's lunch bucket mentality. It's a business trip. It's this, it's that, it's the other. And it's like, I don't know, football, in order to be successful, it has to be an emotional game. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to be crazy and nuts, but you can't just try to hide hide everything in and bury everything in. Like you're only harming yourself. And I think that that's, 
there's a correlation there of why Notre Dame would come out flat so often on the biggest of stages and why, kind of like what you're talking about, why the other night they didn't wait to get punched in the face. They were the one mm-hmm. delivering the first blow for yeah. a couple of blows, offensively and defensively yeah. in that game. And I think it reflects their head coach, and it all goes from there. And you've seen it from the moment he got the job. I mean, the, all the players were super hyped when they made the announcement that Freeman was going to be the coach, and I feel like that's carried over into this season. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they started off the way that they did. And, and speaking of the guy that he, he replaced, Brian Kelly, geez, what a game, what a game yesterday. Uh, so, so I'm assuming you don't miss him at all, right? Oh, I mean, that was joyous. Are you kidding me? Not just that it happened, but how it happened. Like, oh, everything. Everything about that game was one of the dumbest football games I've ever watched in my life. Like, two muffs where LSU loses possession inside their own 10 or whatever it was, short fields for Florida State. And, like, Florida State has that game wrapped up in one. It's like, all right, let's run a sweep at the two-yard line because – you know, why put the ball in harm's way? Why not just punch this thing up the middle or knee things out and kick a field goal and a goal of two scores? Like, no, let's get creative and wacky and almost give this thing away and then a blocked extra point to end thing. Like, I, it just, part of it wasn't surprising again, though, because there were a lot of those, like, whether it was coming out flat or coming out ill-prepared. Like, exactly. Like, that is exactly what it felt like, though, watching that. is like, okay. Well, surely the head coach is going to step in and there's going to be some leadership here and get things straightened out and get people to breathe easy and, and, and take a breath and relax in a tough moment. No, it's just error after error after mistake kept coming. And it's like, okay, don't let the uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you there, Mr. Brian Kelly. Well, how do you think he's going to do, though? I mean, do you think he's going to be able to turn that thing around or, or do you think that they're just going to be in, you know, in mediocre purgatory for the next five years? I mean... Okay, what's the ultimate goal there? Their last couple of coaches have won national titles. Ed Orgeron and uh, Les Miles have both won national titles there. So if that's the expectation. I mean, that's a high I mean, bar. That's a high I've seen, bar. I've, I've seen the Nick, Nick Saban, Brian Kelly story a couple of times, and it doesn't end well. So if, if you're hoping to be, if you're them and you're hoping to be 10-2, and two, go to a big bowl game, but not necessarily college football playoffs, okay, I think you're fine. But in terms of actually like winning the SEC West or winning the SEC with any regularity, I, I don't think so. Like until Saban retires, Brian Kelly's <laughs> right. not the kind of guy that's going to put in the endless efforts of recruiting that it takes to takes to take down a Bama like Kirby Smart does. And like, okay, best case scenario, so you're looking at the third or fourth best program then in his own conference. Yeah, it's, there's something to be said for going to the SEC and taking on that challenge and taking on on that, but. I, I'm reserved on how high he can set the bar at LSU. Yeah, he said it high himself. That's the thing. He's the one that did it to himself. So it'll be interesting to see where Brian Kelly can take that LSU team. Uh, before I let you go, I lost a lot of money on the Utah game. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Everyone thought I was crazy, but I just thought to myself, you know, you know what it is that I, I I'm on social media too much. So I've been watching how how social media has been trashing the players of Florida, and I thought Utah was the real deal last year. I thought they were going to go ahead and handle Florida easily. But I guess I didn't take into consideration the swampiness in the swamp or whatever, or the, the traveling or whatever it was. Is Florida that good, or was that just a, a, a byproduct of a, of a team, you know, coming out, losing some guys, and going down to Florida and just getting whooped by a squad that, that was energized? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a little bit of both there. Like Utah, that's as big of non-conference game as they've had in okay. a very long time, if not ever. So there's one part of it there. Florida's also gotten Billy Napier – that was one of the, the higher sought-after coaches in the entire coaching change that went on 
this past, the, the crazy carousel that went on this past offseason. He turned into the University of Louisiana in, into, for for their standards anyway, quite a power and turned them around quickly and has already turned around recruiting efforts there. And, oh, yeah, the actual coaching part that goes into it too. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like a disciplined team. It seemed like a smart – I was obviously going back and forth with that with Notre Dame the other night. But it seemed like a team that wasn't shooting themselves in the foot. And I know that that's not all because of the coaching one game into it, but I think that's a lot to be said there. So I, I like where, if you're a Florida fan, I think you like where they're headed. Obviously a significant gap still to close with, with what Georgia has done last year and in recent years and what they did this opening weekend against Oregon of sending them to the moon. Um, <laughs> but I think you, I think Florida is on the right track in terms of having a coach that can not just be a good in-game coach, but kind of put it all together and, and, and outwork just about everyone on the recruiting trail. Got it. Florida bet the house against Kentucky next week. Got it. Got it. I, I put that down in my notes right there. Nick, <laughs> thanks so much, man. I really genuinely appreciate it. Dude. You know, I love chatting with you. You know, you and I go way back. I'm glad you were able to jump on today. And I do that college gambling show on Saturday. So, you know, I'll be hitting you up to jump on that as well. Okay. Anytime. I appreciate it, Gabe. Love it. Nick Shipkowski, of course, covering Notre Dame and all at college football for USA Today. All right. Another guy, another coach that has been making the rounds and has been doing a great job at Jackson State, Deion Sanders, had a real interesting take on NFL players that are sitting next to him in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to play that audio for you next and ask you that very same question if you agree with Deion Sanders. What did he say about some of the bums that are next to him in the Hall of Fame? I'll play that for you right after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local on Labor Day on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Hopefully you guys are driving safely back home from wherever you were. And if you had a few drinks, pull over. Call an Uber. Don't do anything stupid. Um, and speaking of stupidity, that's what Deion Sanders feels like is happening with this Hall of Fame. It's these slew of guys that are getting into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, we were talking to Nick Shipkowski a second ago about college coaches and, you know, what they're doing and what they mean to the game. And, and, and Deion Sanders has done a, just a phenomenal job over at Jackson State. Just... Just bringing attention to HBCUs that are out there. He's done a great job. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I love it. They're having a lot of fun over there. I, I mean, the people that he's brought to talk to his, his – I don't even want to get into that, but Brittany Renner. But, but but the people that he's brought to talk to those guys has been great. But this this has nothing to do with his team. It has everything to do with him, the player, Deion Sanders. And he, the reason I saw this was because LeBron James posted this. And I'm not even a LeBron James fan. I follow him so that that way I can hate. I could have proper material. Right. It's a, it's a good Chicagoan show. Yeah, because like when somebody's like, oh, did you see LeBron? I said, dude, he's an idiot for posting, you know, whatever. So I need to follow him, just so you know. It's like a low-key troll. But he posted this. He reposted this from Deion Sanders, and I felt like it was important to play because I want to know what you think. So the text lines are open right now, 312-644-6767. Some people would say that the Hall of Fame, in whatever sport it might be, is watered down at this point. I would agree in the NBA, and I'll throw some names out there in a second. But listen to Deion Sanders talk about the current state of the Hall of Fame in the NFL. The conversation is that the Hall of Fame ain't the Hall of Fame no more. It, 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 I love it. I respect it. I admire it. Um, I think all the guys who are inducted definitely are deserving. But it needs to be a different color jacket. I, my, my jacket got to be a different color. It, 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 it uh-uh. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It, it need to be a starting starting eleven. Yeah. It need to be an upper room. I, my head don't belong with some of these other heads that's in the Hall of Fame. Put my head, what they call them, bust. Well, bust. I call it the head. Bust. Put my bust. Put my head. My head. Do that. Put my head where my head supposed to be. My head don't supposed to be about him. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm saying what y'all thinking, and a lot of y'all Hall of Famers are thinking the same thing. This thing is becoming a free for all now, man. You, if you play good, you no, no, it ain't good. It's people that change the game. Yeah. That's what the Hall of Fame is, a game changer, a game changer. Not I played good, I had a good little run. Mm-mm. I gave you three, four good years. No, though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Game changers. Put my head where my head's supposed. I'm tired of my head. I'm sitting up here looking at night like. What are you doing here? No, that, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I'm just saying what some of y'all are thinking. Am I right? Could you imagine that? You just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Your family was there. You shed tears thinking you were a game changer. And then a guy who's bust is inside of Canton, Ohio. You mean his head, his head. His head, my bad. I, I can, I can, I can. I, I can understand where he didn't want to say bust. Just throws just throws it off. In my world, that that word isn't used like that. So, you know, I get it. And you say to yourself, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. And then you get crapped on by Deion Sanders. But like it's also like, I mean, how do you tell Prime he's wrong? I agree with him. Nine all pro selections for Deion Sanders. Fifty three interceptions. Eight Pro Bowls, played fourteen seasons. Could you take a guess? Deion Sanders was a 
Defensive back, kick returner, punt returner. Can you take a guess as to how many touchdowns Deion Sanders has? It's I'm gonna I'll even give you a hint. It's crazy. Isn't it something like like almost 30 touchdowns? 22. Oh my God. 22 That's touchdowns. That's still nuts for a defensive player. There's offensive players that have 22 touchdowns. That's exactly what I was gonna say. There's offensive players that don't have 22 touchdowns. I understand you, Deion Sanders, class of 2011, Hall of Fame inductee. I understand you. Because there's one name that stands out to me the most in NBA that I just I couldn't understand for the life of me why he ended up in the, in the Hall of Fame, and that's Paul Pierce. Now, don't get me wrong. Good, good ball player. Solid. Won championships. Great mid-range jump shot. Hit some clutch shots. But when I think of the landscape of the NBA and what a Hall of Fame actually means, a Hall of Fame, I don't put Paul Pierce in that, in that space. Now, it could be because he dated my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I remember you telling this story. Could it could be because of that? Yeah, maybe a little little bias there. Maybe I'm not voting for the guy who takes my ex girlfriend. You know, dude, he didn't take her, right, bro? Chill out. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I broke up with her. I don't want. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That was that was her rebound guy. All right, that's just Paul be, Pierce. Is re- <laughs> all right, he couldn't grab rebound in the game, but he ended up snatching yeah. my girl. All right, <laughs> but going back to what I was saying about Deion Sanders, I understand what he's saying. You shouldn't just be throwing people into the Hall of Fame because because what is the what is the argument there? Well, he was the best of his era. But that's not what the Hall of Fame is. By definition, I don't think that's what it is. It's the it should be the best of the best. Not the best of whoever played in 2020. That's not what that should be. So when you look at some of the names though that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, let's just go with this last year. Bryant Young. Okay. Dog. You know, solid. I play Madden. I have some sacks with him. I was going to say, I played with him in Madden. Yeah, I played with him in Madden. I know who he is. Yeah. I understand what he did for the Niners. But do I think he's a Hall of Fame guy? If I were to ask Deion Sanders about Bryant Young, I'm, I'm assuming he would say, that's not the guy who I would want next to me. Don't put it, his head next to his head, man. Don't put his head next to his bust. Don't bust. Don't put his bust next to his Anyway. Sam Mills, I mean, Richard Seymour, okay. Okay, but is Richard Seymour as good as Deion Sanders? Exactly. You're in your car shaking your head no. It's a great point by Deion Sanders. There should be different qualifications, different, different. like you said, give me a different colored jacket. That's rude, by the way. <laughs> That's so rude. Could you imagine? Yeah. You have one of those, like, 10-year reunions, and then there's six guys with a gold jacket and two dudes with a purple one. I know, right? It just feels like you're building a class system into the Hall of Fame. It'd be good. You go into 2021. Now, now here, okay, here's the point that I'm trying to make to agree with Deion Sanders in this situation. 2021, I'll just throw a handful of names out there. Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson. Okay. Calvin Johnson, yes. Without a doubt. Put his name right next to Deion Sanders. Peyton Manning, I mean, that's not even, we don't even have to talk about that one. Charles Woodson, I like him. I'm a big fan of Charles Woodson. I love him. I love Charles Woodson, the player. I love Charles Woodson, the man. John Lynch, awesome job as a GM. But do I think, you, you know, do I think you're a Hall of Fame player? Yes. But do I think you're up there with Deion Sanders and guys like that? That's what I have an issue with. 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. 
But I'd love to hear on the text line if you can't if you can uh, call because you're driving. Matter of fact, let's go to the phone lines right now. Who do we got? Alex. Alex, you there? Let me talk to you for a second, Alex. What, what do you think about what Dion said mm-hmm. about the Hall of Fame? Well, by his definition, you got to change the game to make it in the Hall of Fame. So my question to you is, did Hester or Tillman change the game enough to be a Hall of Fame candidate? Yes. Devin Hester. Deion Sanders praised Devin Hester multiple times and said that Hester was that dude. So, I mean, then again, I'm a ho- Alex, I'm a homer. <laughs> you're asking me. I'm going to say. I'm going to say everybody. I'm going to say Brian Erlach. Anybody that you're telling me, I'm going to say, yeah. Peanut, a guy who's who's coined the phrase that is used throughout the entire NFL, the peanut punch, teams are trying to bring him into their to their practice facilities so that then he can then instill that knowledge on their defensive backfield. Yes, guys, that, that's what he's talking about. That's exactly what he's talking about, changing the game. People don't even kick the ball anymore. Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. Thank you for doing that. That got me so hyped up right there. Like, like, like if, if you don't think Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame, you're an idiot. An idiot. No he other way around. Quite it. literally changed the game. They made rules against him. Play me the, the kickoff of the Super Bowl when Devin Hester runs it back. I, I could watch that all day long. I can get goosebumps watching that all day long. Phenomenal guy. From the 773, Dion was great. But why is he throwing crap? Then no one should be in, inducted. Not many players change the game. Many is subjective right there. Because many is a lot. There's a lot of guys that change the game. From the 2-2-4, what Deion Sanders is speaking on is establishing what Boris and Bernstein's show used to call the Hall of the Very Good for a long time. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I love that. That's what they should be. Here's your purple jacket. And I want you to take a nice leisurely stroll down the hall of the very good for a very long time. You'll be our warm-up act for the Hall of Fame, all right? You guys come in before. Here's what I want you to do. Go down the hall, make a left. <laughs> okay? Now, you, Dion, Devin Hester, go down the hall, make a right, okay? You're going to be all right on that side. I totally understand. Last text I'll read. Gabe, I agree with that caller. Hester and Peanut. Listen, man, I just want I just want to put more... Emphasis on the guys that are great and make sure that they get acknowledged for what it is that they've done for the game. And I think Dion is absolutely right. Speaking of people that have done great for the game, or the game I'm talking about in this instance is baseball. Lamont Pope does a phenomenal job covering the Chicago White Sox. Him and I have had countless amounts of conversations about this team over the course of the season. And I'm, I haven't talked to him in a while, so I'm very interested to hear if he thinks the White Sox have, yes, I'm going to say it, turned it around. Have they? Is there any more hope in Lamont than there was a few weeks ago? We'll find out on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez on a beautiful Labor Day right here. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I just, you know, we put up, you know, we go about what we did today, what we can, could it do better, and we put it in the past. Behind, next day, tomorrow's another date, and I think 29, 29 more games. Just, we played the way we played this week, watch out. We're going to have a, a pretty good chance. And the guys are excited about going out there, and but it, was, it was a really good game today. It was a good game, and we battled back. We we give it our, our best, and we felt sure a little bit. Of course, that's Coach Cairo giving his praise to the Chicago White Sox after taking two out of three against the Minnesota Twins, and I think he's right. I mean, geez, if they play the way they played on Saturday, of course, everybody's going to be in big trouble. But it's good to hear him say that because it's about believability. And sometimes, despite your successes and your talent, you still need to believe in it. And that's where the White Sox are at right now. The bats need to believe in themselves. The arms need to believe in themselves and put it together and really show what literally everyone in America has been saying since the beginning of the season, that the White Sox are the best team in the AL Central. But there's still two games out, and there's still questions to be answered. And to answer some of those questions – Joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We get to talk to Lamont Pope. Lamont, welcome back to the show, man. It's been a while. Hey, Gabe. Always great to talk to you. Of course it is, uh, especially after a weekend like we just had. Uh, let's start with the last game, uh, the Giolito game. He pitched really well. A lot of people obviously have been down on the guy for a little bit. Do you feel, despite the loss, that it was a confidence builder for Giolito? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those situations where, you know, the, the only mistake that he made was the, uh, the two-run homer to Correa. And so, you know, he, he said one of the issues that he had throughout that outing was a lot of uh, deep counts, a lot of three-two counts, um, and, and a lot of foul balls situations. And so, he wants to continue to work on finishing off at that, things of that nature. And so, but the fact that, you know, he was able to keep the team in the ball game. You know, like I said, the only mistake there was that, that home run in the fifth. And also the, the walk that preceded the home run. And so, so you know, kind of cleaning that on up. Uh, those, are, those are the things that he's going to be working on for his next outing. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I agree. I mean, obviously, you've seen that from Giolito throughout the year. Just it's usually been earlier in the games, you know, second, third inning where he's given up the long ball. And that was unfortunate. But the problem still remained for that game was the offensive output of the Chicago White Sox. Now, Granted, you can point to, you know, Tim Anderson not being there, Luis Robert not being there. But, I mean, you still got to put together some runs. You had a 13, you know, 13-run output on Saturday, and you felt like you should be able to duplicate that. But let me talk to you about some of the guys that I feel like should be contributing, and that is, you know, Rami Gonzalez specifically. He's been playing well as of late. The bat's been there. Obviously, we know what he could do defensively. Do you think he's going to be – a guy that's going to be in this lineup as the season comes to a close and you start getting a lot of these other guys back? 
That'll be something to look forward to. You, know, you kind of see how they kind of mix and match. You know, when Jim gets back, you know, how do they uh, work, do they shift Elvis and have him play a little second base? You know, obviously you're you're going to get uh, Yohan Mankata back tomorrow. He, he was activated safe from the injured list, but they felt like with the long trip uh, going from Chicago to Seattle, they wanted to get, you know he's been doing with hamstrings. Uh, they wanted to kind of give him the one day to kind of get situated here, but he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow and. Uh, the next day as well, and so so Mikado's getting back. Uh, you know, obviously Anderson is still working his way back. Um, you know, but, but when those two, when you have that, those guys back, you know, how, what's the mix going to be at second base? Obviously, like I said, Elvis has uh, performed pretty well since coming on over. Uh, but Romy, you know, he's been someone who's been a little bit of a spark there in the bottom of the lineup, right? You know, he's, you know, he's obviously had the, the three-run homer. On a Saturday night, uh, but you know, play some really solid defense as well. And here's someone who's who's had a season where, uh, you know, obviously when he was up a little bit for the you know, last year, got a little bit of a taste of what the big, big leagues was like. Uh, this year, you know, he had to deal with some tonsillitis. He, he at first he was like he didn't really know uh, what the sickness was, but it seemed like he said he was getting sick almost all the time. And so finally, uh, you know, he was able to see a specialist and he had to get his tonsils out. And so so he was able to kind of Still through that uh, while while down in Charlotte, uh, he, when he was able to finally get in a position where uh, he was healthy enough to come on up and, and be a contributor uh, with with the injuries that the Sox have had, he's been able to fill on in, and, and he's done a really nice job. We're talking to Lamont Pope uh, covering the White Sox for the Chicago Tribune right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. I've I've had a heated conversation. Not heated. It was kind of mild, actually, with my co-host on my Southsiders podcast, Shane Reardon. And we were talking about what the outfield looks like as the season winds down. And I made the argument that A.J. Pollock isn't there. He's batting 172 since August 1st. I crunched some numbers. Gavin Sheets batting 338 since August 1st. You know, he's a, he's a good defensive outfielder. So for me, left to right, I have Eloy, Luis Robert, and then Gavin Sheets in that outfield with Andrew Vaughn as my DH. What is what is your ideal outfield look like if it, holding true for everyone on the team being healthy? Well, I mean, I think that's pretty much the way that you kind of have to go, especially like they said, the way that Gavin's been swinging the bat. Uh, but you know, so the advantage that AJ gives you, obviously, is the defensive standpoint. You know, so so what's what do you value there? Do you, do you value uh, someone's going to give you more pop? Uh, and have that home run potential when he steps into the plate in uh, Gavin Sheets, or are you, are you going to value the, the defense that AJ might be able to give you out in the output as well? And so, so it's a situation where you, you might be looking at it like, like all right, you, you start Gavin, and then and then you have either AJ or uh, Adam Engel as a defensive replacement there in those late innings. And uh, you know, it's also the way, you know, the way that you can also utilize uh, AJ in other other areas as well. And so. So it, it kind of depends on what you value there. You know, but you know, every time we have, sort of have these kind of conversations, right? Yeah, you know, some some sort of injury or something sort of pops on up. You know, they've, they've been able to mix and match and utilize all the, all those guys uh, to some extent, partially because all those guys have had there's been so many injuries in so many situations where guys have been in the lineup, out of the lineup. You know, today uh, Luis Robert is back in the lineup. Uh, you know, he's been in and out because of the. Uh, because of a wrist injury, and so uh, that's one thing I would be really interested in seeing just how his swing is uh, looking. You know, obviously when he came on back after the initial uh, wrist injury, you know, the first couple of days was okay, but then those last couple of days in Baltimore, you know, he was swinging with one one hand 
and that, and you just can't you know, just can't do that, right? And so they, they were able to, to send him back on down and have him sort of heal on up and rest out on up. And so it'll be really interesting to see uh, just just how healthy he is, and and that'll be an important mix. You know, with with Eloy, you mentioned him in left field. You know, just how healthy are those legs going to be? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a situation right now. He's got to be the designated hitter because his legs are not in you know, are not 100 percent. And so yeah, so the situation right now where where you might have AJ and left or you know where you're going to make some action, you might have AJ or or Bond. You're going to have to play Andrew. So obviously Bond maybe in left, um, Luis in center when healthy, and then, and then maybe Gavin in right. But that, you know, obviously that's going to hurt you defensively because you know you have two guys that that isn't really. It, Got a little more, a little more experience playing the outfield. Those two guys are natural first basemen, and so it really comes down to what you value. Do you value that defense, or, or do you value that bat? And I, I value health. Got to be honest, Lamont. So it's going to yep. be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, who, what guys are available for you because you said it. Luis Robert can't be swinging with one one arm. I mean, that's why he's in the lineup, obviously for defense, but more importantly for that offensive pop that he has, and, and that's going to be needed as the season winds down. We're talking to Lamont Pope from the Chicago Tribune right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. What, what, can, what has been your assessment so far of what Miguel Cairo has done for this team? Oh, I mean, it's been a, a, you know, it's been a solid uh, situation for him. I mean, here's, here's someone who, you know, Tuesday, it was such a, an odd day. You know, we had the, the normal uh, pregame uh, session with Tony, you know, right around 4 o'clock. Um, you know, he was, you know, Dave Stewart was in town, uh, the former Oakland Athletic great, uh, you know, and, and Tony was telling stories about uh, playoff games and, and sacrifice bunts and things of that nature. And, he, and, he was, and so it was like a normal session, right? Uh, and then, you know, right about 15 minutes before game time, uh, you know, we could see the, the notice that he was going to be unavailable to, to manage the game. And so that night, you know, obviously, you know, things it's sort of a scramble mode, right? Uh, you know, players told us after, afterwards that some of them had heard the initial news via social media. And so, so it's a situation where, you know, everyone's sort of seeing what's going on, what's going on. So, so, so you can understand where that first night, you know, might take the guys a little bit of a time to kind of adjust. Uh, but, the, but the way that, you know, the team has been able to kind of respond since then, um, it's been a very, very good positive. You know, here's someone, he's, you know, we, we noticed that he's uh, in the clubhouse talking to the guys, uh, you know, before – before coming out and talking to us, you know, having those conversations with guys, getting to get to with the guys. You know, we've seen things like uh, a little bit more uh, hit, you know, training with hidden runs, things of that nature. You know, he, he's, uh, he hasn't been afraid to uh, you know, pull a pitcher or, or make a pitching change whenever he feels that it's time to make that change. And I think the guys have overall really responded very positively, uh, you know, given all the circumstances that the situation has created. I think that, you know, and it showed on the field, right? You know, the, the way that they've been able to sort of respond after that, that you know, really rough uh, weekend series that they had against um, the Arizona Diamondbacks to come on back and to be able to perform that way that they did this weekend against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I love the, I love, I love his energy. I love the fact that, you know, he's, I loved when he when the bench is cleared on Friday. I love. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I love. I love it. I love seeing stuff like that. So to me, that was really cool. I also loved from over the weekend. Last question I have for you, uh, Lamont, is is I, I love what I saw from Dylan Cease. I mean, obviously, he's a heartbreaking heartbreaking uh, hit given up to arise in the ninth inning with two outs. Is Dylan Cease going to win the win the Cy Young? Boy, I mean, I I. I I'm a voter, so I don't know if I can actually give oh, out you know, which way right. I'm leaning right now. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's <laughs> uh, okay. But, 
yeah. But but it, but it's a situation where like you know you know it, he has done just about everything he can ask for for a pitcher to, to win the award, right? And, you know, here's someone who has the, has the strikeout numbers. You know, and the walk numbers are, are a little high, uh, but but you know here's someone who night in and night out. You know, obviously that, that that stretch of 14 consecutive starts where he allowed either one earned run or no um, runs at all, you know, had never been done uh, before in NL or in AL history. Um, and so, so, you know, he's got those credentials and, and what he's meant to this ball club as well, you know, every single time that he's out there. Um, you know, but to have a performance like uh, Saturday, you know, a, a, you know, a game nationally televised on Fox, um, you know, against an, another playoff contender, um, and for him to kind of you know, shut down that that lineup and and to come within one out, you know, I'm writing, uh, I'm writing my story, you know, have it as ready, have it ready to go as soon as it. And, but but I, it was that ninth inning was even tough for me to keep catching up because those first two outs happened so quickly, so like, quickly, boom, boom. And, and so so like you know, so I'm sending it to to the, to the editors and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like. There's two off already, so uh, and, and then you know, like say the base head and and, and kudos to him, you know, the, to 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 challenge you know uh, Luis in that situation as well. You know, I know there was some talk afterwards. It was like, well, you know, do, do you try to pitch around him, knowing that you know Carlos out of the game? Uh, but but you know, it's a situation where hey, you know, you're leading the American League and hitting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be I'm a, I'm a Cy Young Award contender, one on one. Let's let's do this. And so he went right at him. Uh, and Luis got the base hit, but but kudos him for you know for, for attacking him yeah. and, and going for it in that sort of situation as well. And so, you know, like I said, you know, it's Verlander. He's on, he's on the uh, injured list. Uh, you know, part of that, how long is he going to be on the IL? Uh, but you know, and then when he does return, uh, you know, what kind of performance does he have as well? But if Dylan can keep this up, like I said, it's it's you know it it it's going to be really really tight, and 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 I really you know, I'm going to be pondering. Uh, those those few days that I have to make that decision for sure. Yeah, I, I gotta be I gotta be honest, Lamont. I'm, I'm a huge fan. You know, I love playoff baseball more than anything else. But that that sequence between Cease and and Arise, it was it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful to watch. Just the best of the best, right there in that moment. It, it was something that I, 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 even though it ended up breaking up the no hitter, it was a really cool battle uh, between two gladiators in that moment. All right, the, the real last question before I get you out: How do you think Sox are gonna fare against Seattle on this three game set? It'll be really interesting to see tonight what Seattle looks like after playing, you know, having a long rain delay last yesterday, uh, that game wrapping up late last night, then and them going from Cleveland out here to Seattle. So it'll be really interesting just to see if there's any, uh, you know, wear and tear or jet lag from that situation. And so, that, you know, it's, it's a possibility for the Sox or an opportunity for the Sox to kind of jump on them early. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Seattle's been playing such good baseball, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so uh, it's, it's a really good matchup, an opportunity. The Sox did win two or three. You know, during, in April, but that was a long, long time ago. This is a much different Seattle Mariner ball club, and so it's a really good test for the Sox to see. Just sort of, and, and we don't know who's going to pitch Wednesday. It, it might be Kopech. You might, you know, they, they have that as a TBA. But you know, you get uh, Lynn, you get uh, Cueto for those first couple games to kind of have, see how the Sox if they can continue rolling against some really good ball clubs. Must see baseball tonight, Lamont. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you giving me some, some of your time. Thanks, Gabe. Anytime. Love it, Lamont Pope. Of course, writer for the Chicago Tribune covering the Chicago White Sox. I self, I, I did not, I forgot that he had a vote, so that was a tough question right there. But the reason I asked is because I told you guys, I made a hefty bet on Dylan Cease to win the Cy Young back in early July. I just saw the way he was pitching, and I decided to throw a couple dollars on it. 
And now that Verlander's on the aisle, I'm just like, let's go, baby. Let's get this money. Poppy needs a new pair of shoes and, and pay the rent, too. Um, all right. That was great. Sox obviously take on the Seattle Mariners tonight, 540 p.m. Make sure you guys are tuned in to that one. Uh, on the other side of this, something that I'm going to be tuned into on Sunday, glued to, I should say, is the Chicago Bears as they take on the San Francisco 49ers. And Matt Eberflus had some some really cool things to say about his team. Specifically, what I'm looking at is, is the confidence that he has in this squad. Where is his mind at? How confident is he in this Bears team? I'll play clips from Matt Eberflus on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We are live and local on Labor Day. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 